Welcome to Basic Prayer. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In Luke 11:1, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Our hope is that this material will equip you with basic Bible truth so that you can have a strong and effective prayer life. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hello and welcome to our Basic Prayer podcast. Uh, this podcast, this teaching series is a part of the Basic Discipleship series. And in Basic Prayer, uh, we're teaching elements and truth that help disciples have an effective and meaningful prayer life. And we're now in session five, uh, focusing on the subject, keep on praying. Keep on praying. There's a need uh, for disciples uh, to learn how to not give up in prayer. Indeed, praying can be one of those things um, that we sometimes make a fresh commitment to, and yet we fail to stick to that commitment. I think of it like renewing a gym membership or starting a new diet at the beginning of the year. You know how that goes, don't you? Uh, Someone, maybe you, uh, someone makes a a resolution at the beginning of the year to go to the gym frequently or to stick to a new diet so that they can lose weight. And they do really well for a few weeks, but in time, um, they they begin to, to stall out and to fail. You've seen it before, right? You've done it before, right? I have. Well, prayer is one of those things. If we're not careful, uh, we can have a similar type of approach to prayer uh, where we make a fresh commitment for a season, but then over time, we, we, we stall out. And so in this lesson, I really want us to focus on how we can keep on praying, now, the reality is we're, we, we are going to struggle in this area. I mean, we are going to have days of prayerlessness. That's just the reality. We are fallen, finite, imperfect people. And so as long as we're on planet Earth, we're just never going to be 100% what God wants us to be. Sure, Jesus did tell us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. So we should strive for, perfect, for perfection. But the reality is we're just not going to attain that this side of the new heaven and new earth. So we've got to give ourselves grace. And I think that's half the battle many times in establishing a strong prayer life, in persevering in prayer. You know, the strong prayer warrior realizes there will be times where he or she fails to pray. And the strong prayer warrior doesn't let that uh, get him or her down. The strong prayer warrior picks himself up or herself up and gets back to the business of praying. So I want you to know that. that that's the reality of having a strong prayer life. There will be times where you don't feel like praying. I mean, and where you don't pray. That, that happened to Elijah, right? You remember after that huge episode in his life, that passage we love to look at where he had this showdown with the prophets of Baal. Soon after, you read of him despairing of his life and feeling so far from the Lord. And so the, the reality is that even strong Christians have seasons of stagnant, prayer life. And so we have to to accept that and be aware of that and then be armed with truth to help us keep on praying. Now, Jesus was concerned about this matter. He he taught a parable on one occasion in Luke 18.1. 
And it's, we call it the parable of the persistent widow. It tells of this woman, a widow, who, who had a need and relentlessly sought help uh, from a master, from a governing authority. And Jesus told that story uh, to paint a picture of how prayer ought to look in our lives. When we have needs, we ought to relentlessly go to the Lord. We should never give up on praying. In fact, Jesus or scripture says it like this, Luke 18, one. Now he, speaking of Jesus, told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. So notice what Jesus says to you. Jesus wants you to learn how to pray always or consistently and never give up. So that doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. What that does mean is when you have bad days, you know how to pick up the pieces. You know how to pick yourself up and get back to the business of praying. Now, I want to speak topically, and I believe as we study Scripture as a whole, we see several gems of truth that will help us learn how to keep on praying. And I want to speak under two subject headings. Uh, Two ideas I want to give you that I believe that will help you endure in your prayer life. Uh, Number one, I believe this. If If you want to keep on praying, you have to, first of all, be committed to a plan. Be committed to a plan. Now, before this series is over, I'm going to share a, 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 a real simple yet kind of detailed plan that you can use in your life to have a daily prayer life. Uh, for now, however, I, I want to talk to you about this idea of planning out your actual prayer time, of, of actually approaching each, each time of prayer um, with an outline of what you're going to pray. We'll, we'll go into this in more depth and later in this series. But for now, I just want to show you from Scripture that uh, people who have a strong prayer life are individuals who understand each prayer time should be infused with certain elements. Strong prayer warriors know how to pray according to a list. That they, they know how to go before the Lord with different topics and strategically pray over those topics. We see this throughout Scripture. So I want to encourage you, as you think about keeping on in prayer, I want to encourage you to be committed to a plan. How can you do that? Well, consider with me um, five, five different items for which you can pray. And I believe this will give you a, a good plan to start with as you seek to pray. Five different items. Number one, you can pray for ministers and missionaries. Pray for ministers and missionaries. So what I'm doing here is giving you some scriptural ideas uh, concerning prayer topics and encouraging you to take these to your prayer time and dedicate time to praying for each one of these things. See, a lot of people fail in prayer because they just don't know what to pray. They go to the Lord as a blank slate with an empty head, with no prayer list, and they spontaneously, in an extemporaneous fashion, try to have a prayer life. I, I found that there's times indeed for extemporaneous prayer. Pour your heart out like water before the Lord, Jeremiah says in the book of Lamentations. But I found that if you go to your prayer time, if you go to your prayer closet without a pre-prepared agenda, your prayers will likely fizzle, and fade out. You won't have a strong, meaningful prayer time. 
So number one, pray for ministers and missionaries. We see this precedent in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 1. There, Paul requested prayer for his own ministry. And he said this, In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it is, just as it was with you. So notice Paul's specific request. He wants through his ministry and through the ministry of his missionary team to see the influence of the word of God to increase within a circle of influence. Now this is really, this is really interesting when you think about Paul's background. We know by studying the New Testament that Paul had been beaten at times. He had been shipwrecked. He had been imprisoned. We know that Paul had many adversaries. We know that Paul had physical sickness. We know from reading his letter to the Corinthians that he had what he called a thorn in the flesh. Some believe that was some type of condition with his eyes. And when Paul requested prayer, he requested supplications or intercessions for none of those things I just mentioned. Instead, here was his heart's desire. I want to see the gospel and the word of God to change lives. Please pray that that would happen through my ministry. Now, I want you to see what scripture teaches you, believer, Christian, disciple. You may think, well, what what do I pray about? I don't know what to say. Take a cue from scripture. Pray for ministers and missionaries. Surely you know one or two you could lift up in prayer to the Lord. Surely you know a preacher, a pastor, a staff member, a missionary on the field, someone serving in a Christian ministry for whom you could pray daily. Put them on your prayer list. Commit to pray one or two or five minutes a day for that individual. You've got plenty to pray for. Scripture tells you pray for ministers and missionaries. Number two, Scripture teaches us that we can pray for our government. So I would say it like this to you, pray for your government. Pray for your local leaders. Pray for your city mayor. Pray for uh, your state representatives or your state senators. Pray for your governor. Uh, Pray for uh, local leaders, but also pray for national leaders and world leaders. You know, the Bible is very clear that God's created three different institutions. He's created the institution of the family, He's created the institution of the church, and he's created the institution of government. And the authorities that be are of God, Romans 13.1 teaches us. And we see this precedent in Scripture in the lives of men like Daniel and Paul. Even though they lived underneath cruel regimes, they were faithful to live out their faith, to be respectful to the governing authorities, and to pray for the governing authorities. And so... We see precedent in Scripture. We should respect our government, and we should pray for our government. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy 2.1. He said, first of all, and that means I'm placing priority on this. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings, all those who are in authority, so that we may, may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness dignity. Notice, Scripture tells you, Scripture tells me, we should be praying for people in authority. 
don't have this cop out for praying that you don't know what to pray. Scripture tells you pray for your ministers and missionaries and pray for governing authorities. Number three, we see that the New Testament teaches us we should pray for the sick. We should pray for sick people. We, we see this in the book of James uh, chapter 5 and verse number 14. Great passage on prayer. And in that prayer or in that passage, James lists some different things for which believers can pray. And he says in verse number 14, Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, now we could talk about uh, the nuts and bolts, all the details of what's involved with the prayer in that passage. But I want you to notice for now that the Bible has this simple concern. If you're sick, you should go to the Lord in prayer. If people are in the church are sick, they should request prayer from the church. Now, I I personally, from my personal experience, have discovered that most believers are good at this type of praying. You know, you attend the average small group or life group or Sunday school class or community group in a local church, and if there's requests for prayer, you'll soon notice that many of those prayer requests focus on sick people. And, And it's good that we do that. It's biblical. The Bible here tells us when we pray, we should pray for sick people. Now, I, I do want you to see in this study that our prayer should be much more robust or all-inclusive than that. I, I've heard it said that the average Christian spends more time praying for saved people to be kept out of heaven than for unsaved people to be kept out of hell. And what's meant by that is this. We spend perhaps too much time praying for the sick at the expense of praying for the lost and other biblical prayer topics. So notice, hey, no excuse. uh, that You can't use that excuse that you don't know what to pray. The Bible tells us and shows us we should pray for ministers and missionaries, pray for the government, pray for folks who are sick. Uh, Number four, I want you to see this. According to Scripture, we should pray for the spiritual development of, of our local churches. So pray, you don't know what to pray? Pray for the spiritual development and growth of your church. There's several passages that highlight this. We could think of Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. There Paul lists out his prayer for the church at Philippi. We could think of Philippians 1, 3 through 11. There Paul lists out his prayer for the church at Philippi, Ephesians 1, 15 through 19, prayer for the church at Ephesus, Philippians 1, 3 through 11, prayer for the church at Philippi, and then Colossians 1, 9 through 14, Paul lists out his prayer for the church at Colossae. Now notice with this prayer again that Paul's primary heart was not physical needs, though we should pray about those, but Paul's primarily heart was spiritual needs. When he prayed for churches, it wasn't, hey, I'm praying for this sick person and that need. No, his burden overall by inspiration of the Holy Spirit was spiritual revival in churches. And he said in Colossians 1, 9, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. What did you pray, Paul? We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. Notice Paul's burden. He prays for his churches. And hey, you don't know what to pray? Uh, Pray for ministers and missionaries. Pray for your government. Pray for sick people that you know. Uh, Pray for your church. Pray that the Lord would work in a powerful way in the lives of your ministers and the leaders in your church. Pray for the congregation and small group leaders. Pray, you could even take these exact words and say, Lord, I pray for my church. I'm asking that my church would be filled with the knowledge of your will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. I'm praying that my church would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and bearing fruit in every good work. It can't be excused that we don't know what to pray. Scripture tells us we should pray for our church. Number five, I want you to see this. Here's another prayer topic you can add to your list. Pray for your family. Pray for your family. Now, we, we don't have a verse of Scripture that just comes right out and says, pray for your family. It's kind of common sense that we should pray for our family. I mean, the Bible tells us to love our neighbor. The Bible tells us to pray prayers of supplication for other people. Uh, The Bible tells us, gives us instruction concerning how we're to relate to our family. We can think of like Ephesians 6, 4, where the Bible instructs parents to bring their children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So we see the heart of the Bible and we see the heart of the Lord. Is for us to be people of prayer and then to respect the family unit and to be faithful to the family unit. We could think of Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, where the Lord uh, gave just some really strong instruction to uh, the people of God living in the Old Testament. He told uh, Jews living under the Mosaic law, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So we know from the Bible, prayer should be a priority for every believer and the family should be a priority. And families are to take responsibility for leading themselves in the ways of the Lord. So with all that being said, I think it's commonsensical that we should have time in our prayer life to pray for our families. No matter what stage of life you're in, newly married, pray for your new bride or your new groom. Just had children, pray for that young one to be saved at a young age and to live for the Lord all the days of their life. Raising children, oh, you know, you've got a lot to pray about. Empty nester, pray for those children who've gone off to school and pray for you and your spouse to find ministry opportunities during this new season of life. Hey, older and having grandchildren, you've got a lot to pray about. Pray for those grandchildren to grow up, to love Jesus and to serve him all the days of their life. Hey, older and aged and on your own, widow or widower, Pray that the Lord would be your comforter and be near to you and look for ways to minister and pray for the family. Pray for your extended family who, though they may not live with you, you can still have a great influence in their life. Hey, there's never a season where we shouldn't be praying for our family. Maybe you're young and you don't have a family yet. Pray that the Lord, in accordance with his will, would give you a family 
one day. Pray for your parents. Pray for your grandparents. I'm giving you prayer topics here because I think it's important to be committed to a plan. And when you have a plan, uh, you'll be more likely to succeed. Remember, a failure to pl- a plan a failure to plan is a plan to fail. So, so two ideas here. Number one, be committed to a plan. Number two, be committed to persevere. Be committed to persevere. Now, with perseverance, I believe there's a few important things we need to do. See, a lot of people give up because they lose a perspective of perseverance. Now, I know this is one who's done some, you know, small, you know, endurance athletic events. I've I've run a few smaller road races or participated in some bike races um like and it, really they're not races it's just me trying to finish don't that's the only competition going on I'm just trying to finish so I'm not really racing anyone but I know in doing that of what's required to keep going you know sometimes to be able to persevere and finish you've got to slow down and walk a little bit or you've got to get some water or you've got to to eat an energy bar Sometimes to be able to um, persevere, you've got to regain focus. You can't be having a conversation with someone riding or running next to you. You've got to get your focus. You can't be listening to music that distracts you. You've got to have your focus. And so the same thing can be applied to our prayer life. You've got to have the right type of perspective in order to persevere. And sometimes there's some things you've got to do to keep going. Consider three. Number one, make sure you have faith. Make sure you have faith. If you were to go back to that parable Jesus gave of the persistent widow, you would notice at the end of it, he, he, he links prayer to faith in such an important way. And, and Jesus reminds us that many times our, our failure in prayer is a breakdown in faith. The reality is we quit praying because we quit trusting the Lord. So whenever you sense that you're, you're not being prayerful, whenever you notice that you've quit having a time of prayer, examine your faith. Ask yourself, what am I trusting in? Because obviously, honestly, if you're not praying, you're trusting in someone or something other than the Lord. So do an honest examination and allow that to convict you and allow that to humble you. And use that time to bring you back to the point of faith. See, see, Jesus, again, in that parable I mentioned, he linked prayer to faith. But in Matthew 21, 22, he, he did the same thing. And he said, he said this about prayer. He said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. And, and now some have twisted that verse in the modern prosperity gospel to make that all about if you have enough faith, if you somehow summon faith, then you can get whatever you want in prayer. That's not the meaning of what Jesus is saying. We've invented that in 21st century American culture. Jesus here is just underscoring the fact that true prayer, the type of prayer that works, is rooted in faith. So if you notice yourself limping along in your prayer life, do an examination of the soul and maybe pray like that 
man who needed his boy healed in Mark's gospel pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Pray that the Lord would give you greater faith and strengthen your prayer life. Number two, not only do you need to have faith, you need to have focus. You need to have focus. And what I mean by this is that you need to make sure you're fixated on the Lord. You know, a lot of people break down in their prayer life because their prayer life is all about prayer. Their, their prayer life is all about a list. Now, I'm all about prayer, and I'm all about list. But many people make their prayer life all about a spiritual discipline instead of making it all about the Lord. Remember this, your prayer life is ultimately not about prayers. Your prayer life is about a person. When you go into your prayer closet or when you get away for your time of prayer, it's all about you interacting with the God of the universe. Now, now that may not seem like a big deal, but, but listen, this is radical. This totally transforms, has the potential to totally transform your prayer life. When you get your focus off of just request and a prayer list and, oh, I got to do this, oh, this makes me more spiritual, the Lord wants me to pray, pray, I'll listen to that podcast or I went through that discipleship curriculum, I need to pray, guess I better do this today, it's just another thing on my daily task list. If you have that perspective in prayer, man, you're going to burn out after a while. It's just no fun. It's not life-giving. What you've got to do is get the right focus. And realize that when you're praying, you're meeting with God the Father. See, when you have that perspective, it's going to fire you up to pray. You're going to be more excited and more enthused. And and think about this. When When you study scripture, you realize that many of the saints in the Bible had this perspective. I, I could take you to passages. I could, we could go and look at an example from the life of Daniel where we see he had this perspective. King Solomon, where he had this perspective. But consider the life of Jesus. John 17, 1. Jesus spoke these things, the Bible says. This is right before he gives what we often call the high priestly prayer. And Jesus, listen, looked up to heaven and said, Father, thou art has come. Now notice Jesus' perspective here. He looks up to heaven, so his perspective is on God the Father, and then he addresses God the Father as Father. That's very important. Notice what Jesus is doing. He's getting his perspective in the right place. He knows he is talking to God, and he knows that God loves him, and he knows that he is in relationship with the Father. That perspective, friends, that focus can radically change your prayer life. If you want to keep on praying, get this focus. Prayer is all about a relationship with God. Be done with a legalistic, empty, ritualistic approach to prayer. Get alone and spend time with your heavenly father. And remember, Jesus encouraged you to pray this way, did he not? When he taught us to pray, how did he teach us to pray? He said, pray like this, our father, which art in heaven. Get that focus, and it will help you to keep on praying. But lastly, I would say this, have follow-through. And what I mean by that is this, whenever you miss a day, pick yourself up, get back at it, keep praying. Whenever you miss a season of prayer, perhaps you miss a few days, 
you blow it when you're on vacation and you don't pray. Or you get sick and you have a week of not praying. Or you allow yourself to get overly busy. You go through a crisis maybe and you don't pray. Hey, after seasons like that, don't give up. Don't believe the lie of the devil that you just don't have what it takes. Get back to praying. Recommit yourself afresh and anew to this spiritual discipline and allow the Lord to bless you through it. I'll be honest, I even went through a season of life where I had some major struggles and there had been some tragedies in my family and a lot of external stress. And I was so overwhelmed that I really felt like I just can't pray right now like I normally do. And I had very short prayers during that season. I spent more time reading scripture and then talking to people who can encourage me and strengthen me. And I want to give testimony that I felt the Lord's love and grace during that time. And I felt him saying, Patrick, it's all right. You've got a relationship with me and you're getting what you need during this time. I know it's difficult to pray. You hang in there. And I got through that season of life and then committed myself to a fresh spiritual discipline afterwards. And so I just say that, that this is so important. A lot of people give up in prayer because they have a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad year and they think, I'm no good at it, I quit. That's the response the devil wants you to have. Or realize the teaching of Scripture, Ephesians six 18, we're taught, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request. Stay alert with all perseverance. So know this, the Bible wants you to keep on praying. And to do that, you need to have faith, have focus, have follow through. You need to be committed to a plan and be committed to persevere. I hope these truths help you. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic prayer. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.com. If you have any questions about the material presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.com. Thanks for listening.